On this episode, we discuss Norm of the North. Starring Norman Reedus and Norm MacDonald. As Norman Bates. And Norm from Cheers. Okay. And the Norman Conquest. All right. A gnome named Norm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, what's up, dudes? It's me, Stuart Wellington. Howdy, chaps. It's me, Elliot Kalen, who didn't bother to go all the way into doing an English accent. They <laughs> <laughs> said chaps to create more of a character for sort myself. Of, yeah, uh, you dipped your toe in there. Yeah, like a Kevin Costner-y thing there. Uh-huh. You're, mm-hmm. just, you're just, you're indicating. You're mm-hmm. sort of... That's like, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little hint, and yeah. you can do the re- let your imagination do the rest. It's like making a really dry martini, but just waving the vermouth bottle over the, the glass. Yeah, like a magic spell or something. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. The magic spell of creating a martini. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, it's uh, in Harry Potter, you would say, like, prestigio martinis, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Harry Potter in his later years did have a big drinking problem. Yeah. Is that the play that, uh, the play that he's just getting Rowling's cracking out right now? Yeah. yeah, about the older Harry Potter, where he moves in with his other divorced friend, mm-hmm. who's a muggle. It's called <laughs> The Odd Couple. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he goes, he goes. It's not spaghetti. It's linguine. And then Harry throws against the wall and says, "I'm sorry. I'll cast a spell of cleanup." And he does. Uh, uh, is that nice. references to the Odd Couple that I don't get, or references to Harry Potter I don't get? Elliot? A little bit of both. Okay. A little from column A, the Odd Couple. A little mm-hmm. from column B, the Harry Potter verse. Mm-hmm. Um. So Dan, what do we do on this podcast? This is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And on tonight's uh, show, oh boy. <laughs> already running out of gas. <laughs> oh, brother. What did we watch this oh, time as if we didn't geez. already announce oh, it earlier man. before the theme? Yeah, we watched an animated sh- an animated show. <laughs> yeah, a real it. joint. An animated show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a talkie. It was called we Norm of the North. It, and, and boy it was, was it ever mm-hmm. it was, called that. It was certainly animated. and So Dan was looking at the screen and it said Norm of the North animated children's movie <laughs> 90 minutes now dan this is I a thought, movie you had really perfect. wanted you really wanted to watch yeah yeah why uh i mean I, it was garbage I, that helps <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we have a good time whenever we watch a bad uh, family film oh yeah yeah, yeah. not soul crushing at all get a zing I mean, out by, of it. by how good time it usually means go to the edge of madness <laughs> and just peek in yeah yeah stare over the precipice yeah, you know, Down the, to the darkness you know the end of In the Mouth of Madness, <laughs> where Sam Neill is just sitting in a in a movie theater watching his own life and laughing maniacally. Mm-hmm. It's like that, except my own life does not involve a polar bear who pretends to be a man in a polar bear suit to sell condos in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to a drunken half sleep tonight, where in the shadows of my room I see the leering visage of Norm of the North <laughs> and Gooby looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kissing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys, my, my wife's asleep. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, right? That's cool. Uh, I mean, it's whatever you want, who, man. Who am I to judge? I'm, yeah, I'm not going to judge people. Am I pretty mainstream white bread in my sexual tastes? Yes. But that doesn't mean you have to be, Stuart. 
Yeah. If I mean, you want to be like in a threesome like, with a bear and a gooby, that's okay. I don't want a threesome. Like, I just want to mm. watch those guys enjoy themselves. Gooby's also a bear, right? Uh, he's something. <laughs> he's <laughs> something. Yeah. He's something all right. <laughs> he's not quite a mop, and he's not quite a puppet. <laughs> but oh. I... So the answer to your question, I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, so we watched Norm of the North, a movie that Dan McCoy raves as 90 minutes long. <laughs> it's 88 minutes, too. Oh, wow. Unlike the film 88 Minutes, which was much longer than that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about let's what Norm, talk about there, Norm of the North, ha- North has a pretty simple plot, considering we had trouble following it so mm-hmm. much. Uh, well, it kept the beginning. It kept changing the the thrust of the movie every five five minutes or so, drastically. And then, uh, so the movie first, opens with a smash a, cut, a, a, a title. <laughs> a title. That's my line, dude. <laughs> with a, a title card for Splash Entertainment. The entertainment very clearly written in the font of Entertainment Weekly. So, as if they're trying to convince, confuse us into thinking this was a magazine we were watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, I don't know. Uh, TMZ, that's a news magazine, right? Uh, I mean, it's not a physical magazine. I think they're actually just selling big gulps. Oh, okay. <laughs> you think it's what, TMZ? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're selling a lifestyle based around big gulps yeah. <laughs> and office buildings. Uh, so and snickering. Yep. Hey, there's a hunger inside you for <laughs> laughing at somebody else's pain. <laughs> snickering. Uh, I'll give this to the movie, Norm of the North, that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. One... The title, the company logo. Accurate. The, the title's <laughs> accurate. It's about Norm and he lives in the North. The production logo looked like a professional production logo. Sure. Partly in that it looked like a magazine. Uh-huh. It was way better than the Food Fight production logo, which, as we mentioned, looked like somehow the DVD menu credits <laughs> like suddenly appeared on screen. <laughs> uh, and also, the animation in this, while not particularly great, was of a much higher caliber than the other animated movies we've watched. Much better than Food Fight, much better than... Guardian of the Highlands, mm-hmm. better than uh, Dorothy's Return. Dorothy's Return or better Delgo. Than, yeah, better than Delgo. Or Delgo. Not as good as Strange Magic. That's probably true. Well, George Lucas was involved with Strange yeah. Magic, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that when I was with George you Lucas was not involved in Norm of the North. The no, main problem wasn't. with Strange Magic was just the weird uh, character design that made it all look like, I don't know, like a Hallmark card that you stared at while you had, uh, you know, LSD or something. Why? Because Maxine mm-hmm. was talking to you, being all like That's a right. sassy old lady. <laughs> yeah, and you're, I hate getting older. Get drunk and kill yourself. <laughs> I'm that, like, oh, Maxine, you're gonna live forever. <laughs> That's my curse. <laughs> Please take me, sweet embrace of death. Yep, this bag of groceries is my phylactery that my soul resides in. <laughs> I'm so busy smoking with my sunglasses on, like an old lady version of Uncle Duke from Doonesbury. <laughs> so take that, Mac. That was from the County Central roast of a greeting card mascot. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Norm of the North. So it starts out, we're in the North. We're in the Arctic Circle. Sure. And Norm is a polar bear voiced by Rob Schneider at his most generic. Now. Uh, the comedy genius we've come to expect from the animal and the hot girl, or the hot chick. Not in evidence uh, here. Dan, are you nervous that your cat is making too much noise in the background? Yeah, I'm nervous that the cat is being very audible on the track, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Hey, that's okay. Presents are people too. My uh, other series is from Audible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Audible Originals, Presents are people too. Check it out. <laughs> nice segue. Uh, so Norm of the North. So Norm is- of the North, he lives in. So if you hear some, what it sounds like Dan's prisoner is trying to escape from his dungeon, <laughs> it's just his cat trying to escape from his dungeon. Now, Norm is a polar bear who has the amazing ability to talk to humans. Mm-hmm. And we learn this in a flashback story. He tells a seal that he's trying to catch to mm-hmm. eat. And as yeah. Dan said, we were watching it. It's nice to see an animated movie that acknowledges that animals eat other animals. Yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't acknowledge it to the point of showing us that Norm starves when he doesn't catch the seal. Yeah, well, actually, he does catch the seal, but he's too soft-hearted to eat it. Literally, he has Stallone's disease. It raises mm-hmm. the question, what he do- what does he eat? Uh, I guess we see him eating fish later on in the And we movie. see him eating a lot of crow so, because he's wrong about some things. <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, so he for explains to this seal that when he was young, he discovered he could talk to humans, and also he liked to dance a lot, which they don't like. Unlike the penguins in Happy Feet who live on the South Pole and mm-hmm. love dancing and get mad when Happy Feet can't dance, uh-huh. the go polar on. bears live in the North and they hate dancing. It's like okay. one of those Star Trek episodes where they go to a planet where some people have white face on the left and black face on the right and some people have black face on the left and white face on the right and they hate each other and it's an allegory for racism. Oh, that's what that's about. I it, thought it was a reference to the star bellied Sneetches and the Sneetches that don't have stars on their bellies. Which is also kind of about racism. That's what that's about. What did you think it was about? I don't know. I thought it was about looking fresh and fly <laughs> and how trends change. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of about that, too. Uh, but anyway, he can talk to animals, which is, he can talk to humans. No, he talks to humans. Of course, he can talk to animals. animals. They're all, like, humans are, let's just admit it. We're all, let, look, we're nothing more than a couple of mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel, you know? Mm-hmm. Who would snake it up? Anyway, so, Norm of the North. His sure. grandfather, who is the king of the North, can uh-huh. also talk to humans. And he says, this is a great power you have. His grandfather disappears. No one knows where he goes to. Norman the North is friends with an old man seagull, played by Bill Nighy. Mm-hmm. Who's also the therapist. Who's also a therapist, and mm-hmm. but nobody believes him when he claims things. He's not a science guy. He, he's a seagull he. <laughs> with and, glasses. As you pointed out, where did that seagull get those glasses? And as Stuart pointed out, how does he keep them on? He has no ears. Mm-hmm. He just has a fringe of hair like... Uh, like, uh, like Jonathan a, Katz. Yeah, like Jonathan Katz. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah, he has a ton shirt. <laughs> he ritually shaves the top of his head, his pate. Oh, it's the exact opposite of what he would do if he was a samurai. Mm-hmm. I guess then he'd just shave the front, right? Uh, I mean, you shave the top and then you fold your ponytail over on top, which I don't really understand. Like Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Anyway, oh. so moving on, that's the extent of the topical political humor for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norm also has a brother who sets up like displays of animal behavior because he says if people are interested in visiting the north they'll protect it and they'll want to keep the animals alive that they see which is kind of the impetus behind a lot of i guess conservation tourism so his brother's ahead of his time anyway but uh there's also the forbidden area that was the grandfather's property and grandfather disappeared Yeah, yeah one day the seagull takes norm over there uh and they find that some humans are shooting a commercial for condos in the north, and the condo house that's there looks like Frank Gehry designed it, so I already don't approve. Yeah. And there's a nice woman played by Heather Graham who works for the company who's building it, which is the Green Housing Company. Yeah. The Led by a guy named Green, played by Ken Jeong. Stewart is letting the cat out of the room, <laughs> and we'll see if later... In, now, usually during the, during the recordings, Archie tries to climb onto my jeans... And I push him off, and he his claws scrape yeah, out my yeah. jeans. Well, now I'm wearing shorts today, so <laughs> when he climbs up my legs with his claws, let's see if I can pretend that I'm just recording and he's not doing it. It's a little game we'll play called Elliot's Bloody Knees. I'm 
I am taking an aggressive stance of being proactively interested in Archie Dance Cat. We have gotten way off topic. Uh, no, the I'm, topic is look, Archie the Cat, who is now biting <laughs> this, this new movie, Archie of Stu's Lab. Now, Stuart is a member of a group m- many people don't know of, which is called Catnesty International, where he frees cats from Dan's room. Mm-hmm. That cat, cat was a political prisoner. It's a different... Uh, now he's biting me now. It's a different organization than Cat Nasty or, or uh, International, which is... <laughs> which is... I don't even want to know. Unless that's a new rapper from Detroit, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so Norm finds out that people, these humans want to build condos in the north, and they're looking for a way to sell these condos. Now, Heather yeah. Graham's character has been separated from her daughter, mm-hmm. who is super bright, Elisa Simpson type, and uh-huh. she wants to get her daughter into the same very exclusive prep school that her boss, Mr. Green, who uh-huh. is some kind of evil, evil, fake, phony, hippie. Yeah, he looks and, like a 70s, like, uh, like, slimy, greasy fellow, like... Uh, I don't know, like he's bald and has a ponytail and wears a blousy turtleneck he with a big gold medallion around his neck. He reminds me of Carmen Ghia, the housekeeper slash boyfriend to the director from okay. In the Producers, who like Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder, that scene where they're in a very small elevator with him and they just can't quite seem to stand far enough away to not be touching each other. Yes. So anyway, that's what he resembles. And then mix a little Jafar in there, too. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Jafar, now, but with much more manic movements and uh, the like dead face of an animator who doesn't feel like trying to match it up with Ken Jeong's very animated performance. Instead, all of his limbs are constantly moving like serpents, mm-hmm, like his yeah. body is a hydra head, and he's at, as the movie goes on, he's less and less beholden to the laws of physics sure. until he's just slipping around and floating everywhere mm-hmm. in a kind of, uh, well, let's just say you called him manic. For him, every day is Manic Monday. <laughs> yeah. Even um, Sunday is a Manic Monday for him. I'm just chiming in to say that I'm still here, even though I haven't talked in a long time, because the cat is bothering the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. So I apologize to everyone. Oh, come on, dude. What for Dan for is doing telling- a subpar job at my job. Hey, look, one, I appreciate you acknowledging that. And two, <laughs> which is the main thing, two, I think what you're telling them is you're not going. And you, and you, and you, you're going to love him. Bomb. <laughs> Ba-bomb, Dreamgirls, bomb, starring Dan. See, I don't even know that reference. Yeah. Is I'm telling from, you I'm not going. Oh, okay. guys, uh, it's song. the big song from Dreamgirls. It's a show-stopping number. In the movie, Jennifer Hudson sang it. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the one that Eddie Murphy was in, right? Yes. Okay. Dreamgirls. Norbit. Nor- Norbit. <laughs> You're thinking of Meet Dave. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Was he in that? Yeah, he was. Was You're- Meet Dave the one with Kevin Klein? <laughs> Uh, no, that's just Dave. <laughs> now you're not thinking of the, the movie's called one. Just Dave. <laughs> no, Meet Dave. Okay. Just Dave is my brother. Okay. Now you're not thinking of the low budget film Meet Dave, which is about a man made entirely of meat. Uh-huh. It's disgusting. And his name's not even Dave. That's how low budget it is. They couldn't afford the rights to Dave. Yeah. Yeah, because Kevin Klein has that locked down. Yeah, yeah. He and Phoebe Cates have it in their will, and it goes to their children. It was, an, the name it, Dave. it was an asylum production. They thought that Meet Dave was going to be a much bigger blockbuster <laughs> than it was. <laughs> they thought all the kids were going to ask me asking their parents for DVDs of Meet Dave. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but this, I guess, is what they're looking for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got you. Grandma I, doesn't understand. I got you those Squeamage Ninja, ninja Myrtles. <laughs> oh, this isn't what I wanted, Grandma. You're the worst grandma ever. I can't keep track of you kid, your kid trends. Anyway, I got you this Ben Zen. <laughs> I wanted Ben 10. This is, mm-hmm. You're the worst. 
What's some other kid stuff? Yeah. That we, that and Grandma's like, I lived through the Great Depression. I've seen such wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs> like the Great Depression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, when I was being a nurse in France during World War II, oh, whatever. I didn't want the Revengers on DVD. I wanted the <laughs> Avengers. Mm-hmm. The Revengers Age of Moltron, who's a robot bird, <laughs> whose feathers are falling out. This is besides the point. So... Heather Graham gets footage of Norm of the North trying to save her from an earthquake, but it looks yeah, like he's trying to attack her. For some reason, her boss decides, you know what will make people really want to move to the North? A it's scary a, polar bear. Yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's show people how scary polar bears are. It's going to make them want to move there. And so they decide they're looking for the perfect actor who can play the perfect polar bear. And Bill Nighy says, Norm, this is your chance. You can talk to humans. You know what? You're like every animal in the movie Zookeeper. You go there. You land this part, and then you tell people how important it is to not build homes in the Arctic by first becoming a shill for these Arctic homes, which means, hey, was this movie a sequel made in the 1980s because they're going to New York? I want to make it in the city that doesn't sleep. Hey, ho, to find I'm king of the north, norm of the bears, top of the bears. King then, of the norm. <laughs> and he goes there with his three lemming friends, who, as uh, it's established, yeah. are indestructible physically and also pee all over everything, to the point that we the, see animated pee streams. They're basically minions, and they speak, they sound exactly like the, like, kooky gremlin from Gremlins 2. I want to... Yeah, they're like minions with a little touch of Conker's bed for a yeah. day for the mm-hmm. Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go backwards for a moment and say that... Uh, Much like Edward Bellamy. Oh, no, he, that was looking... Forward. That's Bill you know. Bellamy. Oh, <laughs> even <laughs> even though this was an a- animated film, it looked like it was shot in Vancouver because they couldn't be bothered to make the New York skyline one of the most iconic skylines in the world look anything like New York. A skyline? Was there a Chrysler Building? No. Was there an Empire State Building? No. Nothing. Was there the World Trade Center? No. But understandable. Yeah. This, this point, is a post nine eleven world. It, at this point, it's so refreshing that we are given a backdrop that isn't just white textures. <laughs> Like, for a little while, I thought we were just going to watch an entire movie with, like, poorly textured snow. Stuart had gone snow blind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Blizzard of Oz over here. Um, So (laughs) they, uh, yeah, so they show up in New York. We get a taste of New York culture. We have our Fran Drescher stand in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have uh, endless seas of taxi cabs. Taxi cabs and people going, I'm walking here. Hey, oh. Forget about it. A million pizzas. So Norm... He gets involved. He gets like I can't even remember exactly how things they, happen. It's so it, there's like he's on the run from two people Norm, who work for Green with tranquilizer darts. He manages to instead get them into a fight with a Shakespearean actor in a ragged bear suit who who's going to audition for the same role that Norm needs to get. And once he's taken the the bear suit off, it's clear he is Adam Driver. From yeah, he looks very similar to like a Sasha Baron Cohen, Adam Driver character. Yeah, mashup. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to the audition. Of course, he nails it because he's a fucking bear. Which is great. Who talks. Which is just, it's not too far from your c- critique of the movie Funny People, where <laughs> getting a role in a commercial in New York with such a crowded uh, mar- like market of 
other talent, other actors, mm-hmm. and he gets it so easily. Like it's such a huge accomplishment, and it's just glossed over. It just minimizes the the like, real the, the real stakes of he, the movie. Of actual pay. bears out there exactly. who are busting their ass <laughs> yeah, every they're, day. They're paying their dues. There are bears waiting tables. There are bears. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's stripping because that's mm-hmm. the best they can get. Yeah. And they're trying to make it, and suddenly Norm of the goddamn North, who's the son of royalty, his dad is the king of the North, his grandfather is the king of the North, he just swans in with his white bear privilege and just plucks that job. You know why? Because yeah. he has the right connections, and because he has the confidence that comes with always being top of the heap. Yeah. King of the hill, A number North. Norm of the Norm. And he's going to two bears. Norm York, New North. <laughs> that's all on my. Uh, that's all on my new album, My My Way. <laughs> Elliot Mangle Sinatra. <laughs> I've got you inside my hair. <laughs> I've got you deep in the hair of mine. So deep in my hair that you really should get out of my hair. <laughs> I've got you trapped in my room. That's it. That's pie. (laughs) Oh, that's pie. What song is that? That's life. Oh, okay. (laughs) Luck be some gravy tonight. (laughs) Just chunky gravy tonight. Luck if you've ever been a condiment to begin with. Luck be some gravy tonight. Gravy's not the same as ketchup. It isn't mustard or mayonnaise. <laughs> Gravy's a thing that you put on turkey and meatloaf and other things like that. But don't put gravy on a burger. Yeah. <laughs> don't put gravy on mac and cheese. Although maybe know, that could be pretty, pretty good. good. I mean, it's kind of poutine. Just except with French fries and instead of mac. Burger sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Forget what I said. Just put the gravy on whatever. Luck be some gravy. Luck be some gravy. Luck be some gravy. Luck, I like that he sings the song back up on the south. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have to because you guys are not keeping, you're not holding up your end of the bar. I came up with a My Way parody. What, are, you guys, are you guys my stepbrothers <laughs> at my dad's second wedding? Because you're not holding up your end of the hoopah. Anyway, <laughs> it's an inside joke for my brother, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, Norm's there. He gets the part. He, Ken Jeong, the, the boss, goes from hating him to loving him to hating him back and forth constantly. Yeah. It gets revealed that his grandpa was kidnapped by the evil boss and has been kept in a basement. reasons, I guess. He's there for reasons that we... I guess to, because other, he was going to stand in the way of the housing project. I, yeah. The Polar Council, on Maybe the other hand... Maybe he captured the former King of the North in order to destabilize the region, hoping that there would be infighting between like the Norm, his brother, yeah. and his... And Norm's dad. It just feels like one of these things where the screenwriter was like, oh, it's not enough that Norm has to save his entire way of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, His grandfather also has to have been kidnapped by the exact same guy. To make it personal. Yeah. To make it just like how Sandman had to be the guy who killed Uncle Ben, or else Spider-Man 3 would have not been a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, Spider-Man 3 is amazing. Luckily, mm-hmm. it's the greatest movie ever made. Not even just the greatest superhero movie ever made. Oh, wow. The greatest movie Throwing ever made. To- Sorry, the red shoes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence from Arabia, you're not the only Sandman in mm-hmm. town. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a new Sandman on the block, Lawrence, and his name is Kane Marco. No, wait a second. That's uh, Kane Marco is the Juggernaut. Flint Marco yeah, right, yeah. is the Sandman. Are they brothers? They what? are not. Kane Marco is Professor X's half brother, though. What? Okay. Or stepbrother, stepbrother, like there's in the movie of... Step Brothers, which is about Professor X and the Juggernaut. <laughs> there's that's a surprising percentage of people named Marco, considering that Marco is a very uncommon name in normal life. I mean, I know you work with someone named Marco. Yeah, but not as a last name. That's a good. You know what? You make an amazing point. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you make an amazing point. <laughs> but, but let me drop my let me drop my argument because you're right. Oh boy, where, where what are we talking about? So anyway, he he has to save his grandpa. The lemmings help him break into stuff. Sure. Meanwhile, Ken Jeong he needs the approval of the Polar Council, which is a mean old lady who looks kind of like Cookie Roberts. So who tells him you need to get eighty five percent of public approval before I can give you the permits to build these Frank Gehry as houses in, real life, in the Arctic. As in real life, if you want to build anything in the uh, the Arctic, you have to get the approval of the Polar Council. Yep. Which is a, a, an organization we're all familiar with. That's and the they make that, their decisions, as we all know. Oh, and you can't gloss over it because, you know, you can't underestimate kids' knowledge of polar <laughs> politics. That's right. <laughs> kids would know, hey, the North Pole is technically international territory monitored by the Polar Council. Yeah, they couldn't connect to the source material. They would also understand that in the bylaws of the Polar Council, permits are based entirely on public approval mm-hmm. for the mascot of a company. And so... Using his meter device on his phone that measures happy faces, uh, Ken Jeong, the boss, has to get 85% approval of Norm's antics, yeah. or else this deal is a no-go in well, the North. Well, Ken Jeong, even uh, his his character, Mr. Green, uh, confronts Norm in a rooftop sushi parlor <laughs> with a tranquilizer gun, <laughs> and Norm uh, avoids being shot with a tranquilizer and defeats Ken Jong, and you're like, okay, I guess he's going to kill him now. He doesn't kill him. He honorably allows his uh, his opponent to survive. That gets captured on phones, telephones. You yeah, know. it goes viral, much it, like the end of Chronicle. Yep, and that uh, he becomes this instant celebrity, overnight success. Yeah, and that's what Ken Jong is trying to uh, t- trying to build off of. He right? wants to ride the coattails or the the, the bear tails of of. Of Norm to yeah, the I think it's bear tails. Now, nobody puts two and two together that the guy who's ultimately profiting from Norm's popularity is the guy who was trying to kill Norm uh, and yeah. ended up with a trank dart in the butt for his efforts. I want to back up and just talk a little bit about this guy. Yeah, guy's... back it up. <laughs> mm, back that stuff up, too. Yeah, come on. Back that uh, bear up. No, I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Green's plan. Okay, because, we did, but, you know, all right. Well, just the fact that... There are actual houses in the Arctic, dude. It makes perfect sense. I'll I'll buy one. It's beautiful up there. There are actual threats to the Arctic. Mm -hmm. You know, from man-made threats, from global warming. The the threat is not that people want to buy condos up there. Yeah, the threat uh, is that there will be too much residential housing and yeah. not enough commercial space. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it, like Jane Jacobs said, mixed use is what brings life to an urban neighborhood. Like the <laughs> the screenwriter of this watched a back to back showcase of like bikini car wash, uh, poltergeist, and orca the and killer whale, <laughs> electric boogaloo, and thought, okay, the only bad guys in the world are land developers. We got to make it land developers. It is, there's a very 80s thing that it's like condos are the are the villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. that the plan is con the bad thing is condos. They're also just houses too. I think they're called condos at times, eh. but they're just houses. Yeah. Anyway, these are just, not shared buildings. The fact that they're trying to develop the Arctic in a uh, yeah, they're just trying to put housing up there. Is weird. I mean, the plan is literally to put like ten houses up there without grocery stores or anything. 
Yeah. Anything you're gonna have to mail order everything. It's gonna have to be sent by either big freighters. I mean, you that don't never need to go up. for groceries. You'll just I don't know, kill like a like a seal. You just club up some seals. Club up some seals. Make a club sandwich out of it. Oh, <laughs> oh that, is that what you would say when you're <laughs> killing the seal? Yeah, you're, you're you shine them on a little yeah, bit. You, you get it. You get it, seals. <laughs> Let's yeah. make a club yeah. sandwich. You gotta say it like like yeah, a yeah, and this, and the, yeah, the seal's like that's awesome, Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> the seal's like I'm dying, but I appreciate that uh-huh. you went to the trouble. Yeah. Of the pun, <laughs> of eating a pun. Uh, so Norm does the pl- and no- the daughter of Heather Graham catches onto this plan instantly. You're going to get as popular as possible, and then when people really love you, when they're worshiping you, and they'll do anything you say, you're yeah, going to yeah. turn on Mr. Green and talk about how you shouldn't build houses in the North. And the plan is working beautifully. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone it- loves him because he's a dancing bear. All of New York people are just stopping what they're doing and dancing. The city shuts down. It's a state of emergency. The National Guard gets called in, but they're dancing. Mm-hmm. The Army gets called in. They're dancing. Terrorist attack. They're dancing. Nobody cares. It's all dancing. It's it's like almost some kind of subliminal mind control that when you see this bear awkwardly gesticulating and flopping Shaking around. His butt yeah. in his belly. What did he call his dance? He had a name for the his Arctic dance. The Arctic Shake. The Arctic Shake. I thought it was the Arctic Shuffle. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, oh no. Uh, listeners, watch Norm the North and write into us and tell us <laughs> no, which No, we got to watch it all over again. <laughs> no, for the first time. Oh, shoot me in the face. Uh, now, Elliot, <laughs> you, you made a good point. With candy. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did. Thank you. You made a good point. when you, uh, Mr. Green's plan was basically failing already. already. Yeah. He didn't have enough approval to put these houses up. All Norm so, needed to do, to, that Norm is the Indiana Jones in this movie, yeah. and that all he needed to do was nothing. And the bad guys <laughs> just like Indiana would fall Jones, apart at the He just end. had to eat the villain, and everything would have been fine. <laughs> and much like as in Raiders, Indy it does not need to be there because when mm-hmm. the Nazis open, when Indy fails, if Indy showed up and physically devoured Bellick's body. <laughs> But Norm never eats anybody. Oh. He has that power, sure, but he doesn't. I yeah, that's like his mutant power. Is yeah, he's, like, he's like Kirby. It's, it's the mutant. <laughs> it's the mutant power that all bears have of being able to eat people. Uh, if he never went to the north, yeah, it's not like one of these guys in a bear suit was going to be good enough to sell this plan. There's when you see the other. Yeah, actors it didn't in the work room, in Grizzly Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, you think one of these guys is just going to stick their hands in some bear poop, say this was inside her, and then sell a bunch of houses? I don't think so. No. Uh, they, when you when they're all when the other actors have joined to audition, Heather Graham walks out and she goes, "I want to see bears. Ba- show me bears." And there's one guy who's just looking at the camera, going, "Bear, bear, it's bear," very and creepy. it's super creepy and way too sexual. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of that would never get people's approval. The bear Norm would could just not allow, just not go there, and the plan would not happen. But He's got his. He's got to save his grandpa. Let's say that he has to do it because his grandpa's kidnapped. All right. Yeah. Let's cut to the he's chase. Spurred into so he action by his grandpa. Let's cut to the chase. He makes. He becomes the hit of the world. He's the biggest star. Look at me. I'm the king of New York. And he's, he's a bear wearing clothes. That's crazy. He's at a. Gen- so what I'm trying to figure out is, do most people assume he's a bear or a man in a bear? suit? I think suit? they assume he's a man in a bear suit because, as in horror movies, uh-huh. in the movies. Costume technology is much better than in real life. Okay. And there's so many So when you're watching movies, Space Invaders and everyone's like, great Halloween costumes, and you're like, that's fucking insane. Those there's are, no way. Those are aliens. There's no way an off-the-shelf <laughs> or even homemade Halloween costume would have motor controls in the face <laughs> that detailed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't thought of Space Invaders in a long yeah. time. 
There's that's one of those movies where I think I watched. Where it. an alien wears a Letterman jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those movies. <laughs> one of those where movies. alien wears a Letterman. One of those movies I watched I think three times as a kid, and I yeah. remember it in so much more detail than I remember <laughs> any movies I saw in the past three weeks. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anywho, so he's at an off-brand generic version of Rockefeller Center's ice skating rink, mm-hmm. and he's about to make his big announcement. He does a dance and he goes, "Hey, I'm from the Arctic, and I've got to tell you something to protect my homeland, and it's." Ken Jeong cuts the feed and throws in something he's patched together for Norm's other statement mm-hmm. saying, I support green houses in the Arctic. Go move there, chumps. Buy these houses and give money to my boss. I'm a bear, not just a guy in a suit. Kidding. Anyway, burger, mushroom. He had extra I mean, at that words po- he had to use. <laughs> at, that, at that point, Norm should be thinking his lucky stars, the North Star. That he he didn't <laughs> the get, fist of the North Star, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that he didn't receive like an assassin's bullet and be- have to become a martyr to the cause of greenhouses. Yeah, but instead he goes on the run. He frees his grandfather because that's the thing. Once you hit a certain level of popularity, like he's reached, oh yeah, the, the only you become a threat. Yeah, the only option is death, martyrdom. Look, because that here's the thing: to get that hundred percent, you need to be. You need to live on as an idea you rather need, than an actual person. Because an idea can never disappoint. Yeah. But a flesh and blood human, or in this case, bear, uh-huh. always will eventually because we have flaws. And that's yeah. what makes us human, or in this case, a bear. Yep. And so if he's going to inspire, you're right, he must become that abstract ideal instead of being just, again, a flawed human, or in this case, bear. Yeah. yeah. So he goes on the run. He saves his grandpa. They go. They have a chase scene on the Brooklyn Bridge where they're running against traffic for some yeah. reason. The they, one thing that actually looks like something in New York. They, they do the Brooklyn Bridge okay. They almost drown. Then they get on the boat that's going to take the model houses to North Pole. They almost drown again after the, in a storm. They let loose all the houses and sink them in the water. They get back to the North Pole. Everything's okay. The Mr. Green's plans have failed, and Norm also gave the evidence that he was going to bribe the Polar Council. To his investors, who have Pablo. released it to the to the police, and so he's in trouble. That uh, the movie punishes him by suspending him by his ponytail over the sewers, which would hurt a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he would have the lower part of his body devoured by chuds. And Norm is named King of the North. He is he's King in the North now. You know to protect yep. us from the wildlings. A king in the North. <laughs> and he he becomes the polar bear king. He doesn't even have to pull a golden compass and swipe some other bear's jawbones off in a mm-hmm. fight with a Panzerbjorn. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's the king. The lady bear who has no personality and whose head is massively <laughs> shaped different than it's his. It's crazy, he dude. Has three kids with her, and he gives a reference to Heather Graham so she can get a new job. So yeah. it's all wrapped up neat and tidy. In a tight little polar bow. So, and his father abdicates the throne so he can be king of the north. I don't know if his father was ever really king. Oh, so he's like a seneschal? I think he was like acting regent for the Yeah, like a grandpa. steward? Yeah. yeah. A steward Wellington. <laughs> yep, that's me, old Denethor Wellington. <laughs> so here's the thing about this movie, Final Judgments, da 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 Anyway, so. Wow. What? Wow, you're taking over all of my parts. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dan. We, well, I didn't know. What you, do we do you now, were going to run after about, or something. Do you want to talk about that scene where Norm says, hey, let's go investigate that shelf that smells like grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> or there was a part, Stuart, Dan and I were talking, so I missed it. Where, or was it you, Dan, that was talking about it? Where, it was the yeah. scene where this is he's the, about to come out and give his big speech. He's like, I'm at maximum approval rating, and they've, they're have they going to have him do some dance on a nice I'm having rink. maximum fun. Yeah, maximum fun, uh, our network. Uh, this movie was partially sponsored by Jesse Thorne. <laughs> and the... <laughs> 
uh, and Norm comes out from behind a like a dressing screen that they've set up on the ice for I some guess reason. So. He could change his clothes. Yeah, exactly. Only half in public. So this is the first time that we see Norm in clothes, and he's wearing it looks like a like a disco yeah, outfit, like, like a, a it's like, like a nice Saturday Night Live fever. Saturday Night Live fever. Saturday Night Live fever is when oh, they when, go they, when that Saturday Night Live fever tore through that Saturday Night Live cast. <laughs> Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, so many deaths. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they weren't having sex with each other, they wouldn't keep catching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were sharing the same cocaine straws. It was back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. That's the way stuff spreads, right? Through cocaine straws? Yeah, it was all every... When you're using cocaine, every straw is a crazy straw. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like also, a discarded George Carlin joke. <laughs> I guess so. He thought of it briefly. He was like, yeah, that's no good, and threw it away. Uh, so he comes out from behind the screen <laughs> wearing this in the trash. This, <laughs> like, wait, he balls up the joke yeah. and throws it in the trash, and yeah. then he goes back to combing his ponytail? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to let it loose. He slaps his head. He's like, Carlin, come on. Yep. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Get to the program. Yep. Wow, that's a dead-on impression. I yeah. like it. Uh, he So Norm comes out from behind the screen, uh, after he's, they request, uh, Heather Graham's saying, character come requests, out, Norm, come, come out, out Norm. Norm, and he steps out from behind the screen, and we get a nice uh, oogle at this outfit he's wearing, and he says, I think I just did, which is, I'm guessing, a, a comment on him thinking that he looks like uh, somebody who's come out of the closet. It seems like a gay joke. There's a number, there's a, too many jokes, this is something we've talked about on the podcast before, I don't like kids' movies with jokes that are just for the adults, and about things that kids should not have to be worrying about like when a bear is going to come out and how society is going to handle that. Yeah. Or like there's a, there's a scene where the director of the commercial about the green homes is like, uh, sees a helicopter and goes, Oh, creative notes from the executives. I won't have it. I'm a genius. And it's like, don't put any jokes in your kids movie about like the Hollywood notes process. I also don't need to see a scene in a movie where three lemmings are peeing in a uh, fish tank. And you see the pee. And you see the, the stream see of See the, the pee. pee sounds like do the do. <laughs> or it's like <laughs> there's some the there's a new Damon Lindelof show about mysterious urine that maybe ghosts or aliens and the at the end of all the commercials that don't quite tell you what the show's about, at the end it goes, see the pee. <laughs> And that's the slogan on the billboards. It's like, Wait, see it's the like, pee, a, like a little girl the, whispering in your ear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But P is backwards or something. Mm. Save the P. Kill your bladder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it, the, the, there are a fair amount of fart jokes. There's actually I mean, fewer fart, fart jokes than I expected. That's true. I mean, and I like, here's the thing. I like a good fart joke. I hate a bad fart joke. Uh-huh. So what's like, is it based yeah, on volume that? of the fart or it's just based timing, context, quality the, of the fart sound. The face yes. that Kevin James is making. There's almost no faces he can make that aren't funny. <laughs> he was unfortunately He's born a with a disfiguring figure. syndrome called funny face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They made a movie yeah. about it with Audrey Hepburn. It was the progenitor. It was the, the uh, it was the ancestor of the movie Mask was <laughs> funny face starring Audrey Hepburn about a woman whose face is disfigured by being hilariously yeah. funny. Mask was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Not, I just lie in bed laughing, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> when that when that disfigured kid goes, Somebody stop me. <laughs> Smoke in. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie yeah final judgments not a very good movie no yeah. i will say this animation quality better than expected story quality not good uh i you know i for the first you know what disagree with me dan for the first i think i can make a pretty good case 
for the first like <laughs> half or two two thirds of this movie, even like I thought maybe it was a, a good, bad. good bad movie. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I really liked about it, like just the baffling. The plot is baffling. <laughs> the fact that he has to stop condos from being developed by uh, a hippie by a hippie uh, who has a polar council uh, meter that tells what people are thinking about his plan, mm-hmm. and he has to become the face of the organization to build it up to tear it down. Like this is a children's movie that we're talking about. It does seem it's, overly complicated. It's overly complicated, and it's all based on like. Corporate espionage. There's also two scenes where Norm is on the brink of death yeah. by drowning. Yeah. And at the end, it's made very clear that he fucked that other polar bear because they have three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, sh- movie. Don't You don't have to show us that to prove that Norm fucks. <laughs> just look at him <laughs> like, and you it's know gross, he does. dude. It's totally obvious from the moment you see him <laughs> that, he just, that he fucks, man. Come on. <laughs> this bear is a freak. <laughs> You can't stop him. Yeah, he's. you don't get that confident without fucking every once in a while. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that jackhammer pelvis he's carrying around? Yeah. Anyway, so you're saying, Dan? Yeah. It's, it's the it's, stuff I liked. In it. I also liked how <laughs> I liked how the movie kept saying the title. Like, the woman kept introducing <laughs> the bear as, yeah, it's Norm of the North. Norm of the North, everybody. And I'm Someone like, sees him on a park bench and goes, Norm of the North, you're the king, or something like that. Yeah, and you're like, no, just, I didn't know you understood the 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 monarchy situation in the in the Arctic, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it gets boring by the end. By the end, I was like many films, uh, checking the old phone for mm-hmm. tweets and just looking quotes. for tweets that, and quotes, looking for that next rush, you know? Yeah, the next premium rush. That would be great. I'd much rather be watching premium rush oh, than movie. Michael they Shannon brought back Michael Shannon. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Shannon came back at Premium Rush 2 <laughs> as some kind of the crow character. <laughs> uh, what if there alert. was a movie called, uh, you know, like The Legion of Shannons, and it's Michael Shannon from all of his movies, Premium Rush, Man of Steel, Bug, uh-huh. My Son, My Son, What Have You Done, Revolutionary mm-hmm. Road, uh, yeah. The Iceman. What are the movies did Michael Shannon make? I was walking past a stoop sale recently, and one of the DVDs on sale was Bug. And I'm like, I like, own that. I like Bug. <laughs> I thought Bug was a good movie. It would never cross my mind to get a DVD. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this for home viewing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewatch this year after year. Look, I stay in a lot of Airbnbs because it's easier to stay in them than hotels when you have a small child. One of my favorite things is looking at people's DVD collections and being like, "Why did you? Why do you own this? Why are you? What's you really gonna watch Nanny McPhee that many times? Like, what's?" Why? Why do you have a? Why do you own a copy of Look Who's Talking? It's like now? visiting an old person's house and seeing their like weirdly small VHS collection that has a few very specific titles. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, I get, I understand why you have Cocoon here, <laughs> but I don't know, uh, Joanna Man, really? <laughs> I guess you must love basketball because you're an old person. Yeah, batteries not included. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean old people. Yeah, yeah. Sense. Cocoon barely, batteries not included. These are movies where old people become relevant. I and, only like yeah. to watch movies about old people. The world's fastest <laughs> Indian, best exotic marigold hotel. Second best exotic marigold <laughs> hotel. Uh, Go on. There's probably more. Um. Uh. The, the when the wind blows. I feel. Yep. dogs. I feel bad for all those other exotic marigold hotels, always knowing that they're not going to be the best exotic marigold hotel. 
Yeah, I think we might have done that joke before. Oh. Maybe not. Anyway, final judgment. I think bad, that's bad. A, I think that's a joke <laughs> I kept trying to get into the Daily Show. Actually, I think that's where you heard it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe I read it in one of your passes. Yeah, you, yeah. you plaintively in the corner suggesting that joke yep, over uh, and over. John, what about the best exciting man? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the second best. But well, maybe Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you hear an so, exotic Marigold Hotel show a joke on the Daily Show, you'll know exactly where it came from I'll now. be impressed when you get a best exotic neutral milk hotel joke on the show. <laughs> so Elliot says, bad, bad, Dan says, good, great. And I say bad. <laughs> Bad, bad, so the bad, bads have it. I wish it was good, bad, but it's not bad enough to be good, bad in a weird it, way. It doesn't, like, as as much as we have a character design of female characters that have giant asses, <laughs> it doesn't compare to the madness of proportion <laughs> that is uh, Guardian of the Highlands or Billy, yeah. where every woman is this, like, crazy uh, balancing act of giant breasts <laughs> and strange faces. Yeah, they might as well have called it Guardian of Future Back Pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. It was a Russ Meyer animated film. Oh, imagine. That would be a crazy movie. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so we gave some final... uh, Wait, you're talking about Alf? No, I was going to say Russ Meyer's Alf was weird. Ralph Ralph Bakshi should uh, take one of uh, Russ Meyer's old scripts and animate it. You got to stay relevant with the teens today who love (laughs) Russ Meyer. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Now is the time where I have to pay the piper. Oh, boy. Doing, doing the some, Pipers, a hungry man. He's some Flophouse housework. Yeah. And if you're... Taking care of business. Taking care of Boss Nass from Star Wars. Taking care of Boss Nass, the worst character they have. Workout. Whoa. He Name a worse character. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. Even Jar Jar is better than Boss Nass. What about Dex, the guy who runs the... slave slaver? Wait, which one? The one who owns Anakin. The floaty boy. Oh, Watto? Watto. The Toydarian? Yeah. Watto's The thing is, Jedi mind tricks don't work on him because of his race. Look, just he is a racist caricature, sure. But every racist caricature has a little bit of truth to it, right? You know what I'm saying, Jewish people? (laughs) Just kidding. Anyway, he's a bad character too, but Boss Nass is the worst. Of Uh the worst. And I like the character who's a space mummy, Dengar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Who's just an old man with dirty toilet paper wrapped around his head. (laughs) Yeah, who's like, Han Solo stole from my tomb. (laughs) (laughs) In one of those Star Wars comic strips, I guess. Yeah. That uh, Al Williamson did. But tonight, the Flop House is brought to you in part by Blue Apron. Uh, it's a great service. It delivers you fresh ingredients to your home so you can make your own meals. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. We've all had good yeah, we experiences all, we all like Apron. We all like cooking at home, right, Dan? 
Uh, I certainly do. Elliot, you're cooking for what? I'm you cooking and your for wife? two. Me and my unborn child who lives in my belly. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> His name is Gorgor. Okay. And he's a demon. No, nice. No, yeah. we. I find myself doing more cooking than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. And it would be, it, and it is such a help when I don't have to measure stuff. And that's the great thing about Blue Apron is they send it all to you measured already. Because normally when you go to the grocery store, you just just buy huge boxes of everything. Mm-hmm. You're like, sugar, I'll take two bags, please. <laughs> well, I go to, I don't even go to Costco or Price Club. I go to Gimalot, okay. which is where you say, give a lot of that stuff. And you <laughs> okay, have to buy sure. at least 300 pounds of every item. Oh, wow. That's way too much. Unless you're cooking for a polar bear, like say yeah. Norm of the North, yeah. who would eat probably, I don't know what, 1,000 pounds of salmon a day. Blue Apron, they give you everything measured out for humans mm-hmm. so that you don't have to do that kind of work. And also, like you're saying, the ingredients are fresh. The recipes are right there. You don't have to figure out what you're going to cook. They make that decision for you. And they kind of teach you how to cook, right? Because really, the best vacation is a vacation from choice. <laughs> sure. And having someone else make decisions <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, But uh, it's a great, especially, I mentioned this last time we talked about Blue Apron. If you know somebody who's going to be a situation where they're not going to be able to cook for themselves, maybe they're having a baby, maybe they're convalescing. Maybe they're uh, taking care of somebody else. Blue Apron is a great way to get them a gift that helps make their life a little easier. And I'm allergic to a lot of things, including homework. (laughs) (laughs) Does Blue Apron accommodate that, Dan? Uh, I hope so. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Stuart, this is like being a trial lawyer. You never ask a question you don't know the answer to. to. (laughs) We've been over this. Your ad-living is harming our... Ad living. Yeah. Anyway, Whoa. Blue Apron's a really good service. Here's a. Here's they, the food tastes good. They send it to you. They teach you how to cook it by telling we you. We got a call to action on that piece. No, I just want to first. <laughs> I just here's some of the meals available in June. June, you got crispy or sorry, creamy shrimp. Read it That's more like very a, different. Read it crispy more. and creamy are very different <laughs> textures, Dan. <laughs> read it Let's more like a waiter. Yeah, read, read it like, like a like a French waiter, Dan. Read it like you're telling us the specials. Uh, there is a creamy shrimp fettuccine with sautéed green beans mm. and spinach. Now, let me mm, ask that you, I heard, good. I heard you had a crispy shrimp dish. Is that the case? <laughs> oh, that was uh, the, the, the former waiter here was an idiot. He had, <laughs> he had stupid tongue. Uh, we, had to hot, we had to fire him. Oh, terrible. Oh, that's too bad but, on the spot, uh, I guess. We have sweet chili chicken with Tinkerbell peppers, green beans, and jasmine rice. So that's real fairy blood in it, the Tinkerbell. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. And spiced steak and tomato avocado salad with creamy cone cabbage and red onion slaw. Now, I don't know what creamy cone cabbage is, but it sounds delicious. I can't wait to I find out. It. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dan, tell that waiter that we want to order the third one. Okay. <laughs> no, no. One of everything. Come on. Oh, yeah. I guess we'll have one Max of Fun's paying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three orange whips. Uh, but check out this week's menu. Eggs. And <laughs> And three hard-boiled eggs. Make that four hard-boiled eggs. Uh, is my Aunt Minnie in here? <laughs> I'm trying looking at the ceiling. It's the only place that's... Oh, no, he tells the cleaners to start with the ceiling. Um, so check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash flophouse. Blueapron.com slash flophouse. You, you won't regret it. Yeah, you'll love how in good fact, it feels like it. and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so do not wait. Hey guys, we got somebody else who is helping us pay the bubba bills this yep. time. And it's another company that we've all had a very positive personal experience with that I'm happy to talk about. And that's Mac Weldon. Yeah, now, this Mac, is this is kind of a message for all those dudes out there. This ladies, leave your man at home listening to this podcast. Uh-huh. Because this is a man's 
clothing supply store. Because I got to say, when I throw on them Mack Weldon shorts, that's going to be special time. When me and the lady, or, you know, if it was, uh, well, Let's in my case, Gooby it's a lady. Let's say and yeah. Norm and the North are in the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it's going to be a special night, I like throwing on my Mack Weldon's first. One, mm-hmm. they're comfortable. Two, they look great. Let's just get this straight. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now, except for me because I'm wearing Mack Weldon stuff right mm-hmm. now. Dan, you probably feel and look like crap because you're not wearing Mack Weldon That's right, right now. That's right. My mm-hmm. groin is feels like uh, Pinhead from the Hellraiser <laughs> movies right now. Uh, yeah. So it feels a sense of power? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like there's no uh, dividing line between pain and pleasure. Uh, so if <laughs> yeah. you don't want Cenobite penis, listen to what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium <laughs> fabrics, and simple... more of a butterball. <laughs> it's one of the Cenobites. And simple shopping. It, it's super easy to shop there. The clothes, it's mainly, there's a lot of underpants. There's yeah. the, the best undershirt I've ever owned from them. Uh, yeah. And it's all really good. It's a website. You go and you shop from it. It's super easy. They send it to you really quickly. Uh, it comes wrapped in plastic so you know nobody else has ever worn it, which would be gross. Yeah, yeah, unless it's Laura Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't want Laura Palmer wrapped in plastic. She's dead. <laughs> Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, ho- hoodies, and sweatpants you will ever wear. I totally believe this. Uh, they have a line of silver underwear and shirts. That sounds that are amazing. naturally antimicrobial. I have a pair of the silver underwear very comfortable, doesn't mm-hmm. smell, now, and, it feels, and, like so when, my, when and you, it feels like I have the silver surfer's crotch, and who wouldn't want that? Yeah, yeah, and that's what you would wear when you and your significant other have a date night. Or well, if we're playing, and this is a fantasy role play, I'm not saying we necessarily do, if I'm the silver surfer and I'm stopping in at the thing's blind girlfriend Alicia Masters' apartment, and maybe things go one way or the other and they do it, this is the great way to act that out. Okay. So she pretends to be a blind girlfriend who is cheating on the thing. Yes, and she's a sculptor. Here's the way it goes. Okay. I'm Norrin Rad, the silver surfer. I'm still trying sure. to understand how humans work, how they can be <laughs> such a mix of beauty and and evil and you know terrible. Yeah, exactly. How prejudice could so beautifully counterbalance with grace. Mm-hmm. And she is But there's something me. magical about about humans. That's why you're preventing Galactus from devouring the planet. Exactly. And now I'm trapped here, unfortunately, by a space barrier that Galactus, my former master master put in place mm-hmm. and i want nothing more than to go back to my home world and be with Shalabal, my uh-huh. beloved yep. but that's <laughs> not in the cards right now so alicia master's gonna sculpt me but she's <laughs> blind so she kind of has yeah. to feel me first and one thing leads to another and let's just say I feel like i'm reading is like online <laughs> dating bio <laughs> <laughs> let's just say i'll be stiff as a board <laughs> a surfboard that is. I'll be, oh, it's hilarious. I'll be really excited later on when I listen to this episode to hear what the hell you were talking about because I zoned out halfway through. Well, just go to the Wikipedia entry for Silver Surfer role, fantasy sex role play. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's a CGI illustration of it and everything. Uh, they want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, keep it. They'll still refund you. No questions asked. No questions. It's no, your they underpants. Wanna, yeah. They will not ask you questions about yeah. it. But they'll refund it if you're not comfortable. And, and in not, fact, if... Uh, even if you want to send those underwears back, do not do that. Don't worry about it. Just hold on to them. Just Burn them in effigy. Who knows? Whatever you want to do with it. Try them again because you're probably wrong. They're probably yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. Maybe you just need to take like three showers, dude. Then put them back on. Yeah, maybe the problem is you're, you've got too much grime built up. Mm-hmm. And so they're good for anything you can do. Working out, going to work, going on dates, everyday life. Literally, this is like... Or if I, you're like Stuart, and I know that this is true from sharing a... Uh, 
uh, hotel room with him when I we went out to Max Fun. Okay. Just lounging around without your pants on. Yeah, yeah. You got to feel comfortable sometimes. Just, just <laughs> hanging out Me? with another guy in the room without your pants. <laughs> when I when I enter what I would call a safe space, my pants are off in I don't know, like under a minute usually. <laughs> the when I was in Los Angeles recently pitching a television show that your pants. nobody was interested in, mm-hmm. well, and it was called No Pants. It was called Pants <laughs> Off Dance Off. Unfortunately, that show already exists. Uh-huh. I think it was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I pitched another show. It's called Dating Naked. I think that exists already. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's keep with the naked theme. How about Naked and Afraid? Mm-hmm. They said that exists already. And I said, not the way I'm going to do it. But <laughs> I, I was doing pitch meetings, and I only packed Mac Weldon under things because I wanted to be comfortable, and I didn't want to feel sweaty. And it helped give me the confidence to do really good pitches. So that's yeah. a real true testimonial. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to MacWeldon.com, and you're going to get 20, 20% off using the promo code FLOP. F-L-O-P, MacWeldon.com. Look, if you want underwear that feels good and looks good, and I don't know why you wouldn't, go to MacWeldon.com. Promo code FLOP for 20% off. Boom, okay. Now, at this point, uh, we do a little bit of Jumbotron. And we got a message. Uh, Hey, dudes. Hey. Hey. A little informal. Let me level with you. Let me just... Turn the chair. <laughs> yeah, Stuart's gonna rap with the young people. Okay. Do you guys love Game of Thrones, Star Trek, and Battlestar Galactica? And uh, want to know at least two thirds of those things? Yeah. Why not? Please and don't interrupt the jumbotron. Do yet. you guys want to know about the <laughs> real world politics behind these otherworldly realms? Well, otherworldly politics is the new book for you. What would Mister Spock do about Vladimir Putin? Who would make a better president, Daenerys Targaryen? Or Tyrion Lannister? Uh, I think that answer is pretty clear, guys. It's Tyrion Lannister. If you look at their, you guys are you their guys policies. agree with me? Yeah. If you look at their policies their and track record, clearly, I mean, we uh, we have well, a we have a staunch progressive in the form of Daenerys Targaryen, but Tyrion but Lannister can she deliver. That's the thing; she can't deliver. Here's here's a situation. I'm just going to roll with you. Yeah. The economy collapses. We're in a recession. We need the president to do something. Oh, no, she just got on a dragon and flew the fuck to who knows where. Yep, <laughs> to who knows where. <laughs> she's, she's getting her Dothraki minions together for what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They're like, we, we need more funding funding for Planned Parenthood. Uh, does this dragon blowing fire and stuff help? No, it does doesn't. Not does help not help at all. Us. And clearly Tyrion Lannister's, uh, his policy of the whore's penny, or the dwarf's penny, where he was taxing uh, people using prostitutes in King's Landing, though not... Preferred by the uh, by the people taking uh, making use of those services. It cut down it clearly, the deficit. Yeah, 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 it cut down on the deficit. So anyway, okay, let's continue. But uh, this is what you're advertising a book that you're now yeah. <laughs> giving the answers away. Uh, <laughs> you can find all this information out in Otherworldly Politics. So why don't you go buy Otherworldly Politics, the international relations of Star Trek, Game of Thrones, and Battlestar Galactica on Amazon and all other good booksellers. All right, check it out. Uh, but moving on to letters, uh, from listeners. The show's not over yet. Mamma <laughs> <laughs> mia. Um, so Norm of the North, he so, was a man or a bear? What's so, the difference, really? Yeah. So we asked, uh, last week for people to write in with, uh, goofy scenes from otherwise good films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, scenes, like, let's say you're watching... The I think Mark Bergman movie and Goofy sure. shows up. Yeah. Well, you're watching the Goofy movie and suddenly Goofy's grandmother starts talking about the Holocaust <laughs> and her experiences really brought the room down. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna. I'm gonna read a few of these uh, answers. 
one person wrote in to say, I want to put forth one from the 2013 movie The Counselor. I don't know if I can say it's a good movie per se, but it has at least a very dramatic, it is at least a very dramatic movie that has one absurdly odd sequence wherein Cameron Diaz leaps on top of a car and grinds her naked crotch against the windshield whilst Javier Bardem watches from inside. And he describes, he's talking about it, he describes it as seeing like an octopus up against the glass of a fish tank, right? Uh, I watched that movie, I may have blocked that line out. Oh. But... Uh yeah that was a that was a goofy scene I liked it though <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the yeah face I mean it's got all the elements of a dance scene <laughs> dancing uh, Ted dancing I submit the pinnacle moment dancing of- dancing Ted dancing he's a Ted dancing machine mm-hmm. this one says I submit the pinnacle moment of Spike Lee's oeuvre the scene in Summer of Sam where David Berkowitz played by Michael Badalucho who I'm I'm sure Elliot has seen in a play. I think so, yeah. Is tormented by the barking of his neighbor's dog when all of a sudden the dog appears in the room with him and speaks through the magic of CGI and the voice of John Turturro, the mortar line, I want you to go out and kill, kill, kill. This is the only scene of David Berkowitz actually in the film. I'm not sure what Mr. Lee was going for. Well, I don't know if that's Well, goofy. I mean, that is that part a- of happened. the... Well, it's part of the legend Son of Sam built for himself. Like, he yeah. was not that kind of crazy... But he told yeah, people... Yeah, magic didn't happen in the real world. No, but he, he did claim that a dog told him to kill. But yeah. he was not... He, he didn't really believe that himself. So, like, I get why Spike Lee would put that in, because it's a colorful moment of semi-real history. Yeah. He was the kind but of crazy uh, where he got like a sexual a, like, release from killing people. Now having yeah. John Turturro's voice might be goofy. I don't know. But it's a Spike Lee movie. John Turturro's got to show up at some point. It's, yeah. in, the, it's in his contract. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be a less goofy or more goofy voice? Uh... Well, Goofy would be a more Goofy voice, obviously. Yeah, so, Ooh, go out and kill. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorsh. What if they had... That's, uh, that's not too far from Davy and Goliath, right? I guess that, yeah. Oh, Dave, I mean, that Goliath was what, a talking dog? Yeah. Go that, kill Davy. If they had that actor who they always uh, spoof on The Simpsons, the one who's like, hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would uh, be a Goofy voice. Frank Nelson? Yeah, maybe. Is that who that is from, like, the Jack Benny show? Uh, yeah. yeah. Jack Benny. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that was so name. less goofy would be what Christopher Walken. Yeah, he sounds like a dog who would tell people to kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's and also, and also, yeah. that's that's a big name. You can put that on the poster and people go see it. Yeah, featuring like, the voice I, of Chris Walken. I can't wait to see Chris Walken. Uh, the last an- answer we got from this: uh, Until recently, I had been living and working in Tokyo for several years, trying to keep up with Western TV and movies the best I could. When David Bowie passed away, a small art theater launched a retrospective of his films, including Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Oh, yeah, I just saw that not too long ago. I'd always meant to well, see it. It was last year, I guess. And I figured I should take advantage of the occasion to see it on the big screen. The film is essentially one big, long tale of fraught, homoerotic tension and gay panic, with a lot of the conflict centered around a young Japanese captain played by composer Ryuchi Sakamoto trying to deal with how badly he has the hots for David Bowie. Haven't mm-hmm. we all been there? Yeah. What made this weird is that I actually went to school with Sakamoto's son, and watching the father of someone you know, even only in passing, act out repressed sexual urges in very heavy You were about eyeliner. to say repressed sexual urchins. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, well, buy most... this paper for me, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dealing with issues. I, there's a part of me that I feel like I can't yeah. let out in public. The only issues I'm dealing with aren't just newspapers. <laughs> extra, extra. I'm afraid to admit myself to myself. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to finish that nothing sentence. Nothing to joke about. Because it's 
it's nonsense now. At the climax of this film, which grows increasingly strange as it progresses, David Bowie plants. Oh, I don't a, know about that. Plants a big angry kiss on the captain's face, who then falls to his knees in horror in a manner not dissimilar to Charlton Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes. Spoiler alert. It was mm-hmm. over, it was overacting at its best, and the theater was silent except for the sound of me and the young man next to me wheeze laughing <laughs> like horrible philistines. Except for the sounds of me and the man next to me violently masturbating each other. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, hmm. I, in the, within the context of that film, I think that scene is not crazy. Yeah. It's kind of what the movie's building up to. But hey, I get it. That's um, not a movie that's on everybody's wavelength. Yeah. Great soundtrack. But I just, I mean, to, uh, is that, is that a completely out of place scene or it's just a scene that's like overly dramatic? It's a mel- it's a very, oh, it's a very over the top scene, but it's not like the like, sort of thing that might show up in like a David Lynch movie, basically. Uh, not that weird because okay. it's not like the, Content is strange yeah. or unexpected. It's more that like his reaction is so intense. Okay, it's not like an overly arch performance in a otherwise straight laced movie. Not no, not exactly. Okay, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to read some of the um, the reactions. No, I like that. Had. It's like in uh, comic books when they have like a contest in the letters pages and people write in. Mm-hmm. So we should do more of that. Dan, let's ask the, the listeners to send in something specific this time, too. Oh, if you guys have any sex fantasies involving Marvel Comics characters, oh, no. send them in. Oh, no. The owl is going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Tombstone and the owl are hanging out. So I have this thing where D-Man, Tombstone, and the owl are all together. And Mysterio is watching. This letter. Spot Pete shows up. And the white stuff uh, in his uh, pots. Uh, excuse me, the trapster. <laughs> he hasn't been paste pot Pete for a long time. This letter That's not paste in his pot this time. <laughs> is from Brett. You know I mean. Brett, last name withheld, who writes, Thank you, not only for Brett hosting Michaels. the most insightful and hilarious bad movie podcast on the internet, but also oh, resolving stop. a mystery that has plagued my dreams and nightmares for several years. In about 2012, I was walking by the Clinton Park Cafe across the street from the campus of the Pratt Institute in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, cool. I this dis- story checks out. I discovered on this occasion a cardboard box of VHS tapes. Ever the curious collector of other people's garbage, <laughs> I examined the box's contents only to discover that I had hit the jackpot. Here you will find a full inventory of the box's contents in no particular order. Andy Warhol presents Joe D- D'Alessandro and Holly Woodlawn in Trash. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Pink Flamingos, Cat Girl, Bloodthirsty Tale of a Pretty Girl with Claws, David Friedman's Roadshow Rarities, Volume 1, Teaserama, Don't Torture a Duckling, German language version, <laughs> Frank Hinlotter's Sexy Shocker, Triple X Hardcore Horrors, Volume 7, Sacrilege Slash Sexual Satanic Awareness, Ham and Tommy Lee, Hardcore and Uncensored, Videodrome. Whoa, hold on a second. Videodrome <laughs> is a respectable film. Prisoners of Paradise. Teenage Cat Girls in Heat. The Adventures of Rat Fankabubu, signed. Well, seriously? By yeah. Cash Flag? Ray Dennis Steckler? I guess so. The Devil and Miss Jones. The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Zombies. Another Ray Dennis Steckler classic. And Wild at Heart. Obviously. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> wow. This is the only co- company in which Videodrome, Wild at Heart, and Pink Flamingos are like the mainstream picks. <laughs> Obviously, I took the box home. However, I couldn't help but wonder who had left behind such a finely curated collection. I'm going to say elderly gay man. 80s, <laughs> 80s old cinema and top shelf pornography. It is disgruntled anthology films archive volunteer. The couple who had been masturbating the seats in front of me in the full runtime of a midnight show of Alien at IFC the year before. 
Wait, what? <laughs> With so few clues, I was left to assume that I had simply stumbled upon the post-gentrification Brooklyn equivalent of a soggy stack of hustlers stashed in the woods. However, now that I've discovered the Flophouse, the identity of the tape's original owner becomes all too clear. It could be none other than our own Pervasoid number 1, Dan McCoy. Or possibly Stewart. <laughs> of course, this begs the question. Why would Dan have taken a 22-minute subway ride to simply discard his prized VHS collection? Actually, that, at that time, I would have been living in Clinton Hill, not far from That's true. It, the, actually, the story really matches up. Uh, the story is clear. As we all know, Dan's true perversion is his deviousness. The tawdry and shameful manner in which he pathetically attempts to conceal his seething sexual menace. Of course Dan would be too ashamed to leave such a box on his own stoop. And yet he would feel such a deep affection for his stag swag that he would be unable to simply throw it all away. It's not really swag. Thus he leaves yeah. the box conspicuous in a place no one would ever connect it to him personally. Well, Dan, I'm sorry to unmask you so thoroughly on your own podcast, but I knew you'd be happy to know that your precious babies have found a good home buried under AV cables in my childhood bedroom, concealed so that my mom doesn't assume that her son has a fetish for lovingly preserved VHS smut. P.S. Which appears to be the truth, though. Yeah. Also, thank you to Elliot for the box of American Cinematographer magazines from 1993 left outside his Park Slope apartment in 2012. Very possible. Very possible. I yeah. didn't, but that is I did. That is the era when I had a subscription. Uh, yeah, if he picked up like a box uh, stuffed to the gills with old white door from magazines, that would have been for me. <laughs> <laughs> also, semen encrusted. <laughs> Yeah, I did walk by once. I was walking to work. This is in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Sure. And there was just a box, an open box of porno tapes sitting next to a, gar- a public garbage can. Wow. And I was like, "That's weird." I this, and I didn't go too close to it. But there was, if I was a, a teenager, I would have been like, "Yeah, you oh, thought it might have been like a honeypot. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. you got too close, and somebody grabs you. Somebody <laughs> pulls a steak out, and the box falls on me. <laughs> and Elmer Fudd's eating me for dinner. <laughs> Stick on." An apple in your mouth. <laughs> that is quite a story. There was a time when I used to go through boxes of VHS tapes on the street. Yeah, when you were a hobo. When I was a hobo and I ate them. <laughs> yeah. But there was a time when, like, if I found a box of home VHS tapes, like, not fact, not factory-released movies, but, like, mo- videotapes with stuff written on the labels, I would pick those up in an instant because you never know oh, what I might be on them. movies. Well, like, home, but, but, like, if there was something, if I, I remember I found a box once with, on the labels, it was just old episodes of Letterman. And I was like, this is perfect, great. But most of the tapes were in, like, really bad condition. But it was like, you never know what you're going to find. And that was in the pre-YouTube days, you know? I remember when uh, I lived in Minneapolis, uh, my roommate, Jonas Walker, bought a recliner. And we found in the cushions an envelope full of the most Midwestern shots of middle-aged nudes (laughs) that you could imagine. Just a, an old couple having fun with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume you guys burned that chair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the chair. Kept uh, the nudes, though. <laughs> yep. The chair was full of bed bugs with syphilis. <laughs> oh, they were all going insane. That's terrible. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, so last letter of the evening. Oh, uh, so soon. Is from. <laughs> that was a sarcasm? <laughs> I guess. So. From Jensina. Who says, I never thought I'd find a podcast with a subject matter like yours. But after. <laughs> Is that an insult? But after years of searching. I hoped I wouldn't. I finally found a program that tackles the type of cinema I love. Sure, there's many a movie themed podcast to choose from, but I've yet to find another podcast all about Dorf with the same quality you provide. <laughs> and li- unlike other listeners, I don't mind the occasional rambling about other lesser non Dorf movies. 
Because you guys are so hilarious and engaging. Oh, thank M- you. Much like our hero, Dorf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So my question is, which is your favorite in the Dorf octology? <laughs> Mine is Dorf Goes Auto Racing. Keep up the wonderful work on the Dorf cast. <laughs> Love Jensina. I think mine would be. I mean, there's always the fishing classic. Dorf plays that, golf, but I Dorf, think Dorf on golf. golf's a big. I'm a big fan of that because it's crazy. There's no way those clubs like the clubs. Yeah, I like he, the part. In, how does he swing those things? No, Dorf. I mean the clubhouse. How does he get to hang out there? Because he's so weird looking. <laughs> well, there's Dorf goes to clubs, which is when Dorf uh, and visits. He's Jewish. <laughs> they don't let him in. <laughs> yeah. Dorf visits the various sex clubs of Berlin uh-huh. and gets into hilarious mishaps. And sure, because he's, he's the perfect trouble. hype to have accidental bump-ins. Uh, <laughs> but there's also, uh, what, like a very Dorf Christmas. There's uh, uh, As You Dorf It, the Shakespearean <laughs> Dorf play. Yeah, there's uh, Dorf 2, Electric Dorf yep. Dorf Takes Manhattan. Dorf Scared Stupid. <laughs> there's the Red Shoe Dorferies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best like Dave Duchovny, leave that dwarf alone. <laughs> uh, Dorfid Dudorfany. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's actually, speaking of David Duchovny, there's a David Duchovny dwarf story uh-huh. in that I remember reading an article, an interview where some, <laughs> I don't know how this came up, but someone asked him, what's like the worst thing you ever bought? And he says, oh, I bought my wife, at the time he's still married to Taylioni, one of those dwarf videos for a birthday present. I thought it would be funny and we watched it and it was terrible and we didn't laugh. <laughs> and it's like, in what world does David Duchovny, the star of the X-Files, think that a proper gift for his wife, who's also a famous actress, uh-huh. uh, would be like a dwarf tape? Yeah. But I don't know. It uh, it took me far too long to realize the pun of dwarf and dwarf. Uh, uh, well, and also endorphin, because he does a lot of active... <laughs> Activity, but now that I yeah. realize that pun, it becomes all the more offensive. <laughs> like it really is just like uh, making fun of short people. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird thing because I have so much respect otherwise for Tim Conway. Yeah, this can be so funny, but that thing is not funny. Mm-hmm. I guess everyone has. I mean, it's thing, uh, everyone. He, it's okay for him to tackle a serious role. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's right. Why am I limiting him to comedy? Yeah, yeah. this was the day the clown cried for him. Mm-hmm. So, talking about Dorf, uh, um, what do we do now, Dan? Now is the moment on the podcast where we recommend movies. Anyway, I got a movie that called Dorf Goes like. Fishing. <laughs> sure. It's called Nor- Norma the Dorf. <laughs> There's a hilarious scene where Dorf is fishing with his wife, and okay. she, she knocks him over the side of the boat with the cooler, and he falls in the water. And it's like, Dorf, come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, kick your legs and get. Oh. Ooh. They're just knees. Yeah. So are we recommending movies that we, what do we, do, that we actually liked? Yeah. Okay. Unlike Norm of the North. So what are you what are you gonna fire us up with, Dan? What's Why going? am I first? I don't know. You're the because you're the boss, the leader of the group. Yeah. Well the thing As is, Raphael is erroneously credited with in that Ninja Turtles rap. Yeah. I uh I shouldn't have burned two recommendations <laughs> last time because shouldn't I have. got nothing. This time. Should not have done Dan, that. Dan looks under a piece of paper hoping <laughs> that there's maybe a movie, there's a there. movie underneath this. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to go. I'm literally going to go look at uh, the diary that I keep of movies that I watch. I used okay. to do that and I haven't been able to. The diary, current page. The guys are coming over and they're my best friends. I hope they don't make fun of my uh, mispronouncing of words. I hope they don't make fun of the fact that I have a diary of movies. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go first then. Okay. I am going to recommend a movie called Shallow Grave. It's, I think, the de- debut film from director Danny Boyle. 
Uh, it stars a young Ewan McGregor and Christopher Eccleston, who you may know as one of them Doctor Who. Um, and it's about three roommates who get a fourth roommate um, who's a little weird and then mysteriously dies. And as they, after discovering the body, they find that uh, this roommate has uh, a bunch of money and they make come up with a plan to keep the money um, and, but leave the cannoli and it and everything kind of uh, escalates as uh, their kind of true characters kind of come to light. Uh, and it's a great tense little thriller from uh, a talented director. I'm going to recommend another tense little thriller from a talented director. What's that? It's one that I think might have been recommended on the podcast before, maybe by me, maybe by Dan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I recently watched uh, for the first time in a long time because I hadn't seen it in a while. Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat, starring okay. Tallulah Bankhead and Hume Cronin and a bunch of William Bendix, a bunch of other people. Uh, Canada Lee is in it. But anyway, uh, it's a movie that, if for anyone who doesn't know, it's about a bunch of people in, during World War II. Their ship is torpedoed by a German U-boat, and they're trapped in a lifeboat to survive, and don't know quite what to do or who they can trust. And I had all for I'd seen this movie a few times, but hadn't in years, and I kind of remembered it as like lighter, kind of a larky Hitchcock. And watching it again, I had forgotten what a bleak film it is. Like, there's a lot of death in it. There's very much a sense that the of the Nazi threat and how the rest of the world has been taken by surprise by it, even just among these characters. And it was just like a really tense movie in a way that I didn't remember it being. So I was like, Lifeboat, you're a much better movie than I remember. So, but what made you watch it again if you thought it was kind of a light lark? Were oh, you well, just like I mean, this hoping is, to kick back with a couple of brews and some friends? I was like, this is going to be hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh, let's have a laugh boat with Lifeboat. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, this is not an interesting story. My wife uh, wanted to watch a Hitchcock that she'd never seen before. So spice it up a little bit. Uh, well, we were playing Silver Surfer and Alicia Masters. Okay. No, she, and she's like, I'm Alicia Masters, so I can't see, so describe the movie to me. Uh-huh. But uh, we were. she wanted to see a Hitchcock that she hadn't seen before. And I somehow have two DVD copies of Lifeboat from different releases. And you had to use one up. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so we watched Lifeboat. It was either that or we were also possibly going to watch. Um, well, I can't remember what the other one was that we were possibly going to watch. Okay. So, uh, Dan, edit that, that out. You're right. That was a boring story. It was a very boring story. <laughs> Dan, continue. Uh, it took me a while to go back uh, to find a movie that I liked well enough. <laughs> to mm-hmm. uh, recommend, and this one isn't like a huge recommendation, but it's a fun movie. Dan, There's... you usually recommend movies you watch on planes and kind of don't like, so mm-hmm. I think we'll be okay. Uh, yeah. Well, the last movie I watched on a plane was The Overnight, which has already been recommended on this podcast by I forget who, but I looked it, it up. Wasn't me. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You recommend it as the number one movie to watch if you want to see penis while sitting next to another person. <laughs> yeah, if you are on a plane and you want to see a, a scene where. Uh, Adam Scott dances around with his micro penis, and uh, what does he have a micro penis? I'm sure. I'm sure it's a fucking prosthetic. He's I mean, got a serious oh, hog. The point of the movie is that he's got a small penis, and oh, uh, I see. What's his face? Uh, Jason Schwartzman in the movie has a really big penis, and they like like a garden hose, and they're like pink. dancing next to each other. Yeah, like it's like Gonzo for a long time. And I'm sitting on the plane watching this movie and being like, next to Margaret Dumont. Who's <laughs> that's going, right. Oh my! Oh. <laughs> And her <laughs> monocle shattered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah, can't yeah. look away. It's like the kid from the tin drum screaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, I'm going to recommend a little movie, and it is a very little movie, called Sleeping with Other People. It stars Why, Jason. Do you watch it on your phone or something? Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> Allison Brie. <laughs> uh, Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie are the leads. It's also got Adam Scott, Natasha Leone, Amanda Peet, Jason So Mantzoukas. how big is his penis in it? Uh, we never see it. I assume it's huge. Just a, just a wild hog. Yeah, it's like a shy elude. Uh, but it's... <laughs> it's, it's a maker. <laughs> just spitting out spice. It's, you know, Sleeping With Other People is basically like romantic comedy plot uh, 4.3, where uh, it's two people who have trouble with commitment who slept together once a long time ago. And uh, uh-huh. meet up again and try and just be friends and eventually become more than that because it is apparent to everyone that they should be together. And, uh, and apparent? Like their parents get involved? Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was really worth the. Nope, not worth interrupting. In. Continue. Um, but as with everything, it's in the execution, whether it's worth watching or not. And especially with romantic comedies, I think it's how charming you find the leads and whether there are some good jokes along the way. And I liked both of those things in this movie. And it's the perfect sort of movie that maybe, I don't know, maybe you're a little hungover, maybe you're a little tired on a Sunday morning. You just want to lie on the couch and watch something. Sleeping with other people is the kind of thing you might want to watch. Is it like uh, those uh, No Strings Attached or Friends with Benefits? Uh, it's like or drinking buddies. one of those that was good. Yeah, friends, the one with uh, Justin Timberlake. JT. Yeah, that was the good one. Uh-huh. Or Drinking Buddies, yeah. I would put it in the same sort of level as those, those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. Ooh-wee, we got three recommendations out three of us. Three for three, everybody, mm-hmm. and three very different types of movies. Okay, we can finally return to our eternal slumber. <laughs> yeah. Our work on Earth having been finished, we will yep. now ascend to heaven and the crypt. Until the unseen house cat comes a digging again and disturbs <laughs> our tomb. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spills the blood of three nerds to awaken us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but until that uh, horrid time, uh, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And I'll still be Elliot Kalen even when you listen to this. Creepy. Great. Check out other Max Fun shows. Thanks. Please. Max Fun has great shows. Check them out. Bye. Can you put Just that in archive.org? friends making jokes. Making out. Talk, um, I, I guess. I've I mean, seen that video, but we weren't the friends. They mm-hmm. did live together. Mm-hmm. One's named Joey. It was the other. In the title. That <laughs> name is Monica. And the third name, I don't know, Gunther? <laughs> uh, you've seen that site, We Live Together, about the old people in a home? <laughs> it's not sex. They just they live in a building together. It's a site. Well, it's a place. It's a it's a closed circuit camera to like make a sure web your, ring? your elderly re- uh, relative is doing okay. Okay, it's like a web ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. Oh boy, do web I. rings. Yeah, you scroll to the bottom of the page, and it's like click on if you want to see you want other to see more Cindy Crawford pictures. Click on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like. <laughs> You really like reading about Lord of the Rings stuff on the OneRing.net. Why don't you go to another site that is Lord of the Rings themed? And how about onion rings? You guys remember those? <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead of French fries? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey, you like t-shirts, right? How about a mug? Are your walls looking a little bare? 
Visit MaxFunStore.com and cover all of these bases and more. We just added some amazing new shirts and posters. So visit today and outfit your home and torso with the freshest MaxFun merch. MaxFunStore.com.